actually six people from our congregation who um, are participating in different service projects. One of them is already in the Middle East right now. Um, his name is Kyle Meyer. And one, Aliza Clay, is um, she's in Texas with her family, but she'll be heading, heading to Japan. And, and then we also have uh, Ty Sharber is going to be heading into East Asia uh, not too long. And she's in Oklahoma with her family right now. So, but um, there's three others that are going. And so what I wanted to do is have them come up. And you guys can make your way up here if you like right now. And we're going to hear from them just briefly about where they're going. And, and then we're going to have a chance as a church to pray for them as they go. So, yeah, you can grab that one. And, and then come on up here. And I'm going to... And if you need to, you can swing that mic out of your way. If you would. So, so this is um, Cindy Bose and Tron Starks and John McKenzie. And uh, they might have a little speaking jitters, which I can identify with. And so, but, uh, but anyway, this is, uh, we're just going to go down the row and have them share where they're going and um, tell us a little about what they're going to be doing there. So go for it, Cindy. All right. Whoa. So um, I'm heading with a group of seven students, and my co-leader, we're leading a team that's going to East Asia, um, going to a country, a closed country in Asia. Uh, we're not going to say the name of the country because we don't want to endanger the work of the people who are there. But we're going to go into a, a, a large city which, with a university, and the field workers who are there are currently there under the guise of being university students. They're learning the language there. And so we're going to go in and we're going to study the language a little bit in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we just get to go out and uh, meet people and have them practice their English skills on us. And we get to practice our language skills on them and just um, talk to them and find opportunities where God will open it up for us to um, share a little bit about what it really means to be who we are and and the most important part of our own lives, which is um, Jesus Christ. And so um, that's kind of a daunting task for some of us on our team to just go out and randomly meet people, but we know that God is already opening up the hearts of some of the people in that um, university who, um, who, who see that there's a gap in their life and that they want to meet somebody else. So we're excited to go and, and see what God has opened up for us in that country. And you can see there's a photo here of Cindy is off the left, and she's actually leading the team. I don't know if you're co-leading or are you the main lead. She's co-leading this team to East Asia. So part of her responsibility is probably just keeping everyone safe and keeping them as a group and working together. So that's an extra set of things to pray for for Cindy, just because on a, on a trip like this, it's very easy for groups to be divided or you know just different issues to arise within the team. So, all right, uh, my name is Teron. Uh, I'm actually going to be leading the team as well, but instead of leading a group of high school, I mean college students, I'll be leading a group of high school students, so I'll be co-leading with another college student. And what we'll be doing is we'll be going to Western Europe, and we'll just be doing various things like prayer walking and using sports and different talents and gifts that we have in order to share Christ's love with everyone and to build relationships with, relationships with them. And what else was Oh, and we'll also be just doing just um, various things with our field workers because they already have certain tasks out there for us that we're um, still talking to them about. And if you guys can, just pray for not only us but for the students as well because some of them are juniors and some of them are seniors. 
So a lot of them are going to be coming out of the country for the first time, and it's very, very hard for them to go out, and a lot of them are very nervous. So just pray for them and just ask for strength for them and their parents because I know, you know, just getting away from their parents is probably hard as well because a lot of parents are kind of heartbroken about it. So, yeah, just pray for them as well. And as high school students, so again. And, yes, they're high school students, so that's also going to be a hard task for me. <laughs> but I think I'll be fine, though. Hi, my name is John McKenzie. I likewise will be going overseas. Um, my team will be going to the Middle East for three weeks, and we will be going over there to learn Arabic is what main thing we're going to be doing. It's going to learn Arabic. We're going to be attending a festival, and at this festival, people will be coming from different parts of the region to just celebrate. And um, just like Cindy, we're going to take advantage of the opportunity just to just learn our Arabic, and they will learn their English, and we will just uh, have just one-on-one -on -one interactions with them and just preliminary uh, relationships just starting to build right there and um, kind of like just building a, a bridge to Jesus Christ is what we're doing. We're just showing people what it looks like to really be a Christian and what it looks like to really be a Christian American and that not all Americans are Christians, but that there are Christians that are really American and not the Baywatch on TV and Maury and all that other kind of stuff. And um, we're going to be prayer walking as well, going throughout the areas and just prayer walking and just praying for God's spirit to move in that area, in that region, because we are going to a closed country where it is not legal to proselytize or to, in a sense, have people converted to Christ as a foreigner. And so we're going to be praying against, praying that God will just move in those areas and move in the lives of those people. All right. Um, and then maybe you guys can tell us, uh, if you do know, how many students. They're, they're all going with um, California Baptist University here in Riverside. And so I don't know how many students are going. Anybody know? Total. Total. That's for the whole school? Or yeah, for the whole school. 350, 350 students around. Wow. So 350 students from the school, which is amazing. When I was a student there, um, you know, there was probably uh, 30 students, 35 students that went our first, um, and there, that was a four or five trip. So, I mean, it's really grown. The university really has tried to have an international focus. So um, we should be praying for all of them and organization of all that. I mean, if you can try to imagine sending 350, um, you know, people um, into another country, that's quite a task. So, um, but I guess the other question is, why bother going? Why carve out the time in your summer? Um, you know, why raise, you know, a couple thousand dollars and do all that to go overseas? Well, <clears throat> I grew up in the church. My father was a pastor and kind of hung out in the church and surrounded by Christian people. And then we went to Christian high school and I went to Christian college and I was surrounded by Christians all the time and, and I thought that that was the right way to do it because you know you want to you don't want to be influenced by the world and then um, after I graduated from college I went to <coughs> I went to live in Japan for a year and I saw um, I was made aware that the world is not made up of Americans and that not everybody is like us and that some people um, don't have, haven't heard about who Jesus is. I remember when I was, I had a student who came in and she said, somebody just stopped me at the train station and asked me if I knew Jesus, Jesus loved me, and la, 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 why do they do that? And I didn't know what to say. 
I was, I mean, I'd grown up in the church. I'd been a Christian for most of my life, and I didn't know how to answer that question, and that was, that was a hard lesson for me to learn, and, and I realized that God loves everyone throughout the entire world, and there are certain people groups especially that they'll never get to hear about how God loves them because they're harder to reach. And so um, I go on these trips because I, I have that passion for the rest of the world. Jesus says to, to tell, talk to people where you are, but also talk to people um, outside of your comfort zone. And uh, I love taking students with me as well and leading a group of students and teaching them that about the rest of the world as well and showing them that God loves the world, not just the United States. All right, so the reason why I've decided to go is because, like Cindy, I also just have developed a passion for just those just in other nations. And I've been able to see how they don't have access or they have little access to the gospel. And it's, it's sad because we in America, we have all this, we have all these different resources where we can hear the gospel and we hear about Jesus Christ and Christianity and stuff. And, but when we go over to other, other locations, they don't have that. And, and um, just, just out of God's command, I just feel that it's just, it's just a great opportunity to go out and share that with them and to be able to bring that to them. Because I know it's, it's very difficult for them and a lot of them are lost. And just seeing the people out there and just how lost they are in, in their sin and in the darkness that's in those various countries. And there's, no, there's little or to no access to hear the gospel and for them to actually, you know, find the joy of Christ. So just for me, it's just I've decided to go just out of a response to God's command and, and to bring those resources and, and the love of Christ to them. For myself, as far as the choice to go overseas, it was just honestly, it was really difficult because I used to ask myself, what's the point of going overseas when there's people over here in America who haven't heard the gospel yet? And that was really like a huge burden for me. But as I began to hear and learn and realize, people haven't heard the gospel in the United States, but there's all of us here who have and who can go out. But you go to some countries where 90% or more of the population doesn't even know who Jesus is, doesn't even know the word Jesus, doesn't even know it in their own language. And just to take advantage of the opportunity to just say, okay, God, I want to just be a seed sower. I want to water in this foreign land. I want to just be used by you in that sense. And that was, I think, that was one of the underlying motivations for me is that what excuse do I have to tell God why I can't go overseas or why I can't serve him somewhere else, why I can't serve him here, why I can't serve him there. You know, it's not a matter of importance of which place, but a matter of if God tells me to go, where will I go? And will I tell him no or will I tell him yes? And so that was that was my main reason why I decided to go. And when I decided, before I decided, I realized that it was going to cost a lot of money and a lot of money that I didn't have and don't have. And I didn't know how I was going to get the funds because you got to pay for plane tickets, you got to pay for this and pay for that. And there's just a lot of obstacles, and not to mention sometimes family, friends, and my own heart. And all those things pushing against me, but still I was like, God, I want to serve you in whatever capacity. If that means that I have to sacrifice some financial comfort for a while so that somebody 
may have a chance to salvation, may have a chance to actually hear about Jesus Christ somewhere that nobody in their entire village or their entire town or their entire city or where it's completely illegal to even preach Christ, where it's, where, you know, you'll go to jail because you have a Bible or you get put into a prison camp or you get put into a labor camp because you're proselytizing or you're preaching the gospel. And so this is just an opportunity for me just to be used by God in this area and not to diminish anything or anyone or anywhere else that God may have me go, but just to serve him in this capacity because this may not ever happen again, but just to be able to do that. Well, if you guys would, we're going to pray for um, the three. And um, if Scott and DJ could come up here, um, I'll take that. Yeah, okay. If you guys wouldn't mind coming down here on the on the ground. And then we're going to pray for them as a, as a church. And so um, this DJ Chapman and Scott Lamberth, uh, maybe uh, Scott, you can pray for Cindy. I'll pray for Teron. And then you pray for John. And then if you guys um, just pray along with us, and then be praying for them as they go on their trip, okay? Let's just go ahead and pray for them. DJ, go ahead and start. Heavenly Father, God, we we come to you um, humbled, Lord, uh, just by your presence, God. And and we thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for the lives that um, you've given us, Lord. And I I ask, Heavenly Father, in, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would be with with John, Lord, um, protect him, Heavenly Father, um, as he goes out and uh, spreads your word, Lord. And uh, God, I, I ask for protection uh, for his team, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would um, keep them safe, Lord, um, as they travel, Heavenly Father, um, as they're out speaking um, about who you are, Lord, and about why you love us, God, and uh, the relationship, Lord, that you want to have with us, Lord. I also ask, God, that you would give them the courage, Heavenly Father, through the Holy Spirit, God, that you would uh, lead them, Lord, in what they need to say and do, Lord, in their actions, Heavenly Father. And um, Lord, work through them as they're out um, doing your will, God, and, and spreading the gospel to others, Lord, that may, may not know who you are or have never even heard about you, God, but that uh, your light would shine through John's team, and um, it, it will glorify you, God. Father, I agree, and I, I pray for Tehran. I pray and thank you so much for his obedience to you, God, that he um, decided to move forward and to um, respond to your leading in this in his life and in, in um, taking him um, overseas. Lord, I pray for him as he travels to Western Europe. Lord, just even in the uh, you know in the weeks ahead as he's preparing, Lord, I pray that you prepare his heart. And help him to be ready for all that he faces. Lord, I pray that you'd instill your um, power through him. Um, God, give him courage as he as he steps out, Lord, and patience to work with the high school students. Lord, I just ask that also you'd give him energy each day um, with for the other leader going with him. Lord, I pray the same for that person. And God, I just pray that you'd be preparing the hearts of, of uh, students and others over there in, in Western Europe, Lord, that those that will be... Um, met and uh, you know just those that are connected with Lord I pray that you'd be moving in their hearts drawing them to know you convincing them that you're real God and that you want to have a real relationship with them God we just lift up Sharon to you Lord we uh, thank you and love you for your grace in our lives 
just for the gift that you've given us of your son and the revelation of that and just the faith that we have in you. And as believers in you, we really want to tell other people about that, Lord. We want others to experience the, the joy and and the uh, just the, de- the depthness of life that comes with knowing you and following you, Lord. Even in the hard times and even in the good times, Lord, there's just so much. Life is so much better knowing you. And I just pray as Cindy goes and tries to, to, uh, to bring some of that light to another part of the world. And Lord, I specifically pray for her as she actually leads a team there, Lord. Give her the patience the, with, with her team, the ability to persevere under being tired and uh, the pressures of uh, just maybe when the, the team doesn't necessarily want to keep doing what they need to be doing and just being able to motivate them and lead them and, and deal with them in a, a positive way, Lord. Um, help her to get, um, to just be able to leave and know that everything back here at home is settled and to be able to focus on her task. I do pray for protection for her and her team in the name of Jesus Christ. And just give her the strength and open her eyes up, Lord, to your grace and your love even more than you have already. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, thank you guys for sharing. And I'd encourage you to, if you get a chance to, you know, pull one of these three aside and learn more about their trip. They're, they're not able to tell you where they're going um, because all of those locations, um, I think at least two of those three are closed countries. So... It's illegal to, you know, share your faith in certain places around the world. So we wouldn't want to endanger the people that they're meeting and all of that. So, so briefly, we're just going to take a look at why, why do this? Why should they go? They shared with you their reasons. I want to just share with you a few things from the scripture. Um, I'm cam- I was today going back up to the mountains. I was camping for the last three days and came down to, to be here for church and then going right back up. Um, but while there, one of the things that, that I knew was going to be a challenge was with my oldest son was um, anytime he's around a lot of, of boys his age, he, he has a hard time because he, he wants everybody to play with him all the time. He wants, and he'll come and say, Dad, so-and-so's not playing with me. And uh, so-and-so's not playing with me. They don't want to play with me. They don't want to be my friend. And that, you know, sometimes he'll say, so-and-so said they don't want to be my friend again, Dad. And and uh, that didn't happen this trip, but I was prepared for that because it, it happens. You know, that's what, as, as children, as, or, you know, as a parent, you, you know that your children um, are going to exclude others, and at times they will be excluded. I mean, we, we know that that happens. It's very normal. Um, and th- I've done that before, even as an adult. You know, I have certain people I just like to spend time with, and, um, and others that I just prefer not to hang out with all that much. And you do too. You you. You prefer to spend time with certain people, wouldn't you agree? And, and not with others. There's certain people you're like, I could, I could do without them in my life altogether. Well, we, we all play favorites. In, in, in real life, we play favorites. There are just some people who are not even a blip on our radar. We don't even see them passing by. We, we don't recognize their existence um, and we're certainly not the first person or the first to play favorites in life. This, this has been going on as long as we 
could have relationships. People would choose certain folks to hang out with or spend time with and, and not others. And in the Bible, some of the key church leaders struggled with that very same thing. They struggled with playing favorites. This is a very normal thing in the human experience. And there was a guy named Peter, and I want to just really quickly read through his story um, of how God kind of shifted his thinking about this area. And this is the disciple, this is one of the followers of Jesus who was entrusted to lead the church. He was entrusted to um, kind of be the church father in a sense, and to be the, uh, a key church leader, making decisions, leading things in certain directions. And he had favorites. He really thought certain people were kind of off limits for him. And he had his group of people he liked to hang out with. And, and then God got his attention on this issue and provided him an opportunity to relate to someone who he would never have related to, a man named Cornelius. And Cornelius was a Roman soldier, a centurion, who had about 100 soldiers um, that he was kind of commander over. And Peter, this church leader, he, he was struggling with relating to a person like Cornelius. So let's just briefly look at his story, Acts chapter 10, 19 through 33. I'm going to read through this, this section so you have some of the context, and then I'll explain some things. It says, while Peter was still th- thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So Peter, he was up on a rooftop. He was hungry. They were making dinner. And God gives him this vision of these animals, and, and he's supposed to eat these animals. Go kill and eat these animals. And Peter says, God, those are unclean animals. You know, I'm not supposed to, as a Jewish person, I'm not supposed to, to, to eat certain things. Those are impure. And then God says to him, you know, why, you know, I can make anything clean. Don't call anything unclean that I can make clean. And Peter's like, whoa, this is a shocking revelation. I'm, I'm not ever been told to associate myself with unclean things, unclean people, unclean animals. There were certain things that were just off limits. And so he has this vision, and then God tells him, hey, go downstairs, don't hesitate to go with these men, for I've sent them. Verse 21 says, Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And the men replied, we have come from Cornelius, the centurion. He is a righteous and a God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. And then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. Then the very next day, Peter started out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa, and he went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea, and Cornelius was expecting them, and he had called them into together, I'm sorry, and had called together his relatives and his close friends. And as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. So that Peter's a Jewish man and Cornelius is a Roman centurion. Okay, He's not a Jewish person. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Verse 27 says, Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. And he said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile, a Gentile is a non-Jewish person, or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask you why you have sent me? 
And Cornelius answered, Four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. And suddenly a man sitting, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has remembered your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for, for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. And so I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. And Cornelius says, Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to speak. So God puts this situation together where a Jewish man comes and relates to this, this Roman individual who, according to Jews, would have been unclean. And he's given this audience. Cornelius invites his friends and his family there. And he says, hey, hey, we're here to hear what you have to say. And Peter's like, wow, this is, this is great. I mean, this is an audience for me to share something very important. And so in verse 34, it says this. It says, then Peter began to speak. And he says this. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. I think this is really important for us to catch. Because as we think about going overseas or the folks that are leaving and heading you know, to international places, it's really important to keep this in mind that God doesn't play favorites. You can follow along just the brief points in, in the outline. It's in your bulletin. But God doesn't do that. We play favorites, but God doesn't. He doesn't show favoritism. He doesn't play favorites. And, and, and this, in the past, really blew Peter away. He thought God's plan only included redeeming the people of Israel the Jewish people. And so this was a real foreign thing for him. Peter, all of his life, he'd separated himself. And Cindy mentioned that. You know, she, she, she said early on, she thought it was about separating herself from the world. And she realized God had a heart for everyone. And Peter was like that. He separated himself from certain foods. He wouldn't eat certain foods. He had dietary laws. Certain animals he couldn't touch or be near. There were certain people he couldn't touch or be near. And so he just, this was a way of life for him. And it made sense to him. And depending on how you were raised, you might have some very similar um, preferences on who you will spend time with, on who you will hang out with because of how you were raised. And, and certainly as American, we get to you know, enjoy all sorts of privileges and freedoms that, uh, that other people don't get to enjoy. Sometimes it's easy for us to think, oh, God is like an American because... In God we trust. You know, it says it on our dollar bill and everything. But God, he's not an American, you know. And, and uh, it is Memorial Day. And so, you know, today we, we honor those people who paid with their lives for our freedom. Um, God has had his hand on our country. He loves people in this country. He loves all people here. And, and yet, he is not an American. He doesn't favor our country over others. Sometimes it's hard for us to get our mind around that because we are, we're, if you were born here and you've experienced freedoms and just experienced the American dream and you, know, you have a lot of nationalism and a lot of pride in your country, it's hard, hard to think outside of our borders sometimes. But then look at verse 35. Peter continues. He says, God doesn't show favoritism, but he accepts men from every nation who fear him and who do what is right. So he's working out a plan that includes redeeming people from all nations. He's trying to buy back. He's trying to restore relationship with people from all nations, all over the world. And as you heard from these three that are going, there are some countries where people have never even heard the name of Jesus. There's no, 
there's not even a name translated in their language that, that, that they would be familiar with. There's not a concept for some of the things that Jesus did. And so it's a very, very difficult task what they're heading to do. But God, he's, he's actually, he's in process working out a plan right now. He's trying to redeem people from all nations. He's not impartial. He accepts us. Look at verse 36 through 41. Just quickly reading through this. It says, Peter continues in his, in his message to them and he says, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what had happened through, throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Verse 39 says, We are witnesses of everything that he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So, so he's talking about God's plan, and he says, God's plan of redemption was carried out by Jesus. God is working out his plan. He, he 2,000 years ago, he came to, to the earth as a man. Jesus Christ, God himself, walked among men. And so Peter's summing up the story. He said, you, you heard about what, what Jesus did. He lived, and then he died. He offered up his life freely. And he didn't stay buried in the ground, but he was buried for three days, and he arose. And this is an offer to all people because God loves everyone. He's working out his plan of redemption through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 42 through 43, he kind of sums up why he's sharing this message. Why has Peter devoted his life to sharing it? And this is kind of why they went, why they decided to go overseas. It says, he commanded us, God commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about, testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So, so Peter's saying, you know, God sent us out. He's commanded us to go and to take this message. And for us, he, he wants us to take part in his mission to all people. This is his desire that we would take part, that we would jump in and be involved in his mission to the nations, to all people. And this was Peter's mission in the first century, and it remains the mission of the church today. This is what churches are to be involved in, in supporting work that will expand to the nations. And we need to be concerned about our area here. We need to be concerned about the cities we live in, and the regions we live in, the state we live in, and the country. But it needs, there's this idea in the Scripture of concentric circles of concern, where you start where you're at, but you begin, to, you begin to have a concern for more people outward. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is Jesus' commission. It says, Jesus came to his followers and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The first part, he says, therefore, go and make disciples. The focus is not just going. The focus is making disciples. That's the, that's the point. Go make disciples. And it's accurately translated as 
as you are going, make disciples. So we can do that right here. But there are people that God calls outward. These three are, are a good example of just some that they, they've sensed God wanting them to go out beyond, their, beyond this area. There's this uh, picture in, in the end of the Bible, Revelation 7, 9 through 10. It's kind of like if you can imagine, you remember the movie Back to the Future where you got to kind of go and, well, I guess you went back in time, but one of them you got to go into the future and, you know, see things in the, in the future and he was skateboarding and rocket ships and all that. I don't know. Didn't see the movie apparently, so. But, but I was raised on that movie, so. Um, but in the Bible, you kind of have a, a future experience. The book of Revelation, John, one of the followers of Jesus, was given the opportunity to see into the future, to have this vision where God began to reveal to him what was going to happen in the future, the end of time. And there's this picture in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, where he sees a vision at the end of the time at the end of time and this is what it says it says after this i looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation tribe people and language standing before the throne this is right in front of god's throne and in front of the lamb that's jesus christ and it says they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So there's this group of people that he can't even count. It's innumerable. He can't even, it's not infinite, but it's innumerable. He couldn't count how large this group was. And it's from every nation, every tribe, every people. It's interesting. John recognized that the people that were there were different. In heaven, we're not all going to look like um, angels, in a sense, like all angelic, one color, one race, one nation. God's making a new people group, but it's going to somehow be combining all different people groups, all nations, all tribes, and it's going to be this united front, and it's going to it's going to be a mass massive group beyond anything we can even understand. And they're standing there and they're praising God. It says they're wearing white robes, meaning they've been cleansed, they're purified. They've all responded to God's message of forgiveness of sins. They've responded to Jesus Christ. He's washed them. He's cleansed them. And they're triumphant. They're holding palm branches. They're excited about this experience. And, and they're crying out together, salvation comes from nothing else, but salvation belongs to our God. And that, that really is an amazing thing there because... We want to figure out ways to reach God. We want to do good works. We want to do things to earn God's favor. But the only way we can experience God's favor is He, he, he sent Jesus to die. And he, he was righteous so that we could receive forgiveness and be righteous. We can stand before Him in the end. And so if you've responded to that message, then you will be there. You kind of get a picture of what that's going to be like. You'll, you'll be like, I read about that. And I'm here. Here we are, you know. And it's kind of an amazing experience that John got to see there. But it, what it does is it should motivate us to be involved and to say, you know, I want to take part in seeing that more people are there to share in that experience. There's some things specifically that you can do just to suggest a couple on the back of your, on the back of your outline. You can, you can reach the nations through praying for our missionaries. You see the six missionaries 
and their names. And here's pictures of the rest of the teams, I think. Maybe not. Oh yeah, here we go. There's Cindy's team, and there's Teron's team, and John's team. And we have Aliza. Aliza's, Aliza is the girl on the top left. They've got like a dual. They're building relationships on their team, and um, never mind, internationally. Never mind. Never mind. So they're going to Japan. This is Ty, and Ty is on a team, but we didn't have a picture of her team. So she is heading to East Asia, and then Kyle. Um, Kyle is red hair in the, in the middle, and he's headed to the Middle East. He's actually there right now. I've had some correspondence with him through email, and so he's, um, he's already there, and he'll be actually returning in about a week. And so we can pray for them. Keep them in your prayers. I'd encourage you to maybe take this, cut these names out, put them on your, put them on your fridge or on your mirror when you brush your teeth, and just say a short prayer for them as they're, as they're gone. And second, financially, you can support them through... Financially supporting missions work is very important. Um, over the next... This week and the next two weeks, there will be envelopes inside of your bulletin designated for missions giving. And so if you'd like to give above your regular giving or you just like to give to, to these three and their trip that they're going on, you can, just, um, you can cash or you can write a check to OCC... But anything in those envelopes is going to go um, be divided among, among those three. And then also, um, 10% of our regular offerings, we already designate to give to missions. So everything that comes in on Sundays anyway, 10% of that always goes out to starting new works internationally or here in the United States as well. The last thing is this, just be faithful now. You want to be involved in reaching the nations, then it always starts where you're at. So be faithful right now where God has you and be willing to follow His leading in your life. If you're faithful with little, then God gives you, he gives you a little bit more. Luke 16.10 is a principle that talks about that. But start where you're at right now. And if you're faithful right now and you're obedient to Him, God may be wanting you to go overseas at some point. He may want to call you to go to some place, to some people that aren't even a blip on your radar, because He has a heart for them. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then Cody's going to lead us in a few more songs. Father, thank you for your word and for your love. Your love is for all people, God. We are, at times, um, we play favorites, God, and um, that's very normal. Um, but we're, you know, there, there's some things about us that, that we struggle with, and this is one of them. And so, God, we pray that we would have a heart that reflects your heart. God, you have a heart for all people. You want all people, Lord, to be there in heaven. And, and, and it will happen, Lord, that you're saying in your word that there will be people from all nations, every tribe and tongue and language. And God, we know that there are people from all over that you're working in their lives and you're drawing them to know you. And Father, you we also know that you're calling. You're calling people from all over to go to different places. And so God, we want to be a part of that. We want to be um, responsible with the stewardship that you've given us to reach into our city here in Riverside and into the surrounding communities. But also, God, we want to be willing to, um, to move with you in different directions, Lord, and to support work that you're doing all around. So, God, give us a heart for your people, for the people that you loved and you died for. Lord, help open our eyes to the people around us. Even in our community, God, would you open our eyes to people that are not like us, people that maybe we wouldn't necessarily associate with, but would you... Open our eyes because you love them, God, and you died for them. God, we thank you so much for your love and your goodness. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.